There are many amazing engineering marvels to gaze upon. Perhaps none are as striking as this awe-inspiring Parisian pillar. This significant structure symbolizes a city, a state, and so much more to the French and foreigners alike. Oh la la! We'll ogle over the ever-iconic Eiffel Tower on this week's episode of FYI. Welcome to For Your Info. English. You got it. Hello, 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 and welcome to another exciting episode of F. Why I for your English, the show where we explore all kinds of areas. We tackle different topics. You know, I love my alliteration to tackle, abordar, and a topic is un tema. We can also say subjects as well. Like when we say cambiemos de tema, we say let's change the subject. Well, we have got a great subject. Today, we are looking at the Eiffel Tower. And firstly, I just want to apologize to all my French friends out there. Americans pronounce it Eiffel Tower. Now, I'm not sure that's the uh, the correct French pronunciation. But again, this is an English show. So uh, uh, I'll take your word for it. It's Eiffel. Uh, I see. I can't even pronounce it correctly. But in English, we say Eiffel. Gustav Eiffel, the Eiffel Tower. And I imagine many of you have been there. Even if you haven't been there physically, you have been there in the movies. It's been in so many movies. There are so many replicas all over the world. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later on in today's episode. So I hope you guys are excited to learn all about a new topic today, and that is the Eiffel Tower. As always, the beginning of the show in the intro, I like to put a lot of good vocabulary. I really put a lot of thought into it. And to put a lot of thought into something is que lo piensas mucho, le, le das muchas vueltas. So let's take a look at the intro and then we'll learn all about the Iron Lady. Yeah, that's just one of her nicknames, the Iron Lady. And that was something I didn't know before I started preparing this episode. So as I always tell you guys, you aren't the only ones learning here. So I started off by saying there are many amazing engineering marvels. Amazing, asombrosos, right? They amaze you. And engineering, this is a difficult one to pronounce for my students. At least that's what I've found throughout my years of experience. So let's pronounce this together. An engineer studies engineering. Pronounce it as many times as you have to until you pronounce it correctly. Because as I always say, if you can say it right once, you can say it right a million times. So engineers study engineering. And then the next word I used was the word marvel. And a marvel is something that we marvel at, which is amazing. I love that about English. To marvel at something is to say, wow. 
And what are we marveling at? Well, that is called a marvel, una maravilla. And I'm sure you guys recognize it from the comic books. And then I said to gaze upon. That's what I mean about giving it a lot of thought, because I could just say to look at, but I used to gaze upon. And this has a little more, uh, like you're looking at it with a little more interest. You're más fijado, eh, la vista, as you say in Spanish, to gaze upon. It's almost poetic, if you ask me. And then get ready for some more alliteration. Then I said, perhaps none are as striking. And if something is striking, it's something that really gets your attention. As this awe-inspiring, and awe-inspiring is amazing. Think about it. The word awe Awesome? Does it ring a bell? Alucinante? I said this awe-inspiring Parisian pillar. Whoa, lots of P's there. Well, first, let's look at that. Parisian. Parisian. Someone from Paris is a Parisian. And I've heard my students say Paris. I've, I've heard them say a lot of different variations of that. The pronunciation in English, again, is Paris. Paris, France. And the people who live in that city are called Parisians. And pillar, te suena la palabra pillar? It's a very common name in Spanish, pilar. I also said this significant structure symbolizes a city, una ciudad, a state. And when I say a state, I mean a nation. We say the same thing, un estado, una nación, and so much more, muchísimo más. To the French, and foreigners alike. And I know you know the word French because we just said that, and you're going to hear that word a lot throughout this episode. In fact, pardon my French is an, an expression we use in English when we say a swear word or a bad word. You can say a curse word, a swear word, a bad word. In Spanish, you say palabrota. So when somebody's about to say it or has just said one, what you say is, Pardon my French. Perdona, pero es un... And that's when the beep comes in. And then the word foreigners. Let's pronounce that word because I've often heard that word mispronounced as well. Foreigners. And the word alike is igual. And then I did the very stereotypical oh la la, which if I'm not mistaken is like a wow in French. And then I said, we'll ogle over the ever iconic Eiffel Tower. And to ogle over, have you ever heard that one before? <laughs> well, I, as I said, I'm looking for words that I think you haven't heard. So ogle over something is comérselo con los ojos. Comerse con los ojos, it says here on word reference. To ogle over something. It almost reminds me of being gaga over something. And anyone who's ever seen the Eiffel Tower knows it's definitely something that you ogle over or that makes you go gaga. And then I said ever iconic. Ever is siempre eh, icónico, emblemático. So are you guys ready to discover this amazing tower in Paris, France? Let's go to the City of Light. 
we can start off by looking at some figures. Let's look at the Iron Lady in figures. Now, the tower is 324 meters tall. Let me give it to you in feet because I know we have listeners in the United States. So that's 1,063 feet tall, 324 meters. It's about the same height as an 81-story building. And the word story is another one, uh, another way to say the word floor, 81 floor building or 81 story building. And when the Eiffel Tower first opened, it was nearly double the height. Now think of this, this is mind blowing. It was nearly double the height of the world's previous tallest structure. And does anyone know what that was? Anyone? Any uh, history buffs or architecture buffs? It was the Washington Monument, and we talked about that in our Washington, D.C. episode. Well, that was 169 meters, and at that time, was the, it was the, the tallest structure in the world. But when the Eiffel Tower opened, they doubled it, and that was 324 meters. They went big, as we say in English. To go big is darlo todo. And when it opened in 1889, it held that title for 41 years. 41 years, it was the tallest structure in the world. Now, here's another trivia question. What structure beat it? Does anyone know? The Chrysler Building in New York City. And that was finished in 1930. So it was finally beat after 41 years. But the Eiffel Tower would have the last laugh because in 1957, they added an antenna. And now, guess who's winning the race for height again? Guess what? It's none other than the Iron Lady. So the Eiffel Tower is now 5.2 meters taller than the Chrysler building that originally beat it for tallest structure in the world. What an ironic twist of events. Oh, and I'll teach you the word to tower over. To tower over means to be much taller or much higher than something else. So uh, the Burj Khalifa in Dubai towers over many other skyscrapers. But we're not here to talk about the Burj Khalifa. We're here to talk about the Eiffel Tower. Now, it has three levels for visitors. Uh, there are restaurants. Any of you who have been there, I'm sure you know this information. There are restaurants on the first and second levels. The, the upper platform is 276 meters above the ground. It is the highest observation deck accessible to the public in the European Union, which I think is just fascinating. And you can only get to that level via lift, or as we say in my country, elevator. And think about those elevators. We're gonna talk about the construction a little bit later on, but those elevators were groundbreaking because most elevators are in a straight building. But if you look at the design of the Eiffel Tower, you'll see a straight elevator wouldn't work. So they were groundbreaking elevators. And we're gonna talk more about the technology and building a little bit later on. But summing up, 
There are three levels. Uh, two of those levels have restaurants. And the highest level is obviously the observation deck. It is worth going up there. Uh, if you've ever been up there, it's fascinating. Now, if you're afraid of heights, <laughs> you might poop your pants because the building sways. And to sway is moverse en el viento. But we'll get to all that stuff a little bit later. I want to go over some of the figures. Now, here's another thing. I didn't know this when I went there. I guess I wasn't paying attention because it's not that secret. But when it was built, Gustav Eiffel put a secret apartment, a cozy, cozy, muy cómodo, secret apartment, and it had nice wooden furniture, a grand piano, and even lab equipment, because he was a science buff. He loved science. And a lot of people would visit him, a lot of notable scientists, such as Thomas Edison. And now you don't have to be a notable scientist. You can go in and check it out. They even have life-sized mannequins, uh, recreations of Gustav Eiffel, and his guests and it's uh, the apartment is kind of uh, redecorated in its original design but that's that's good thinking you know okay two restaurants that's for the people but i want to have my own secret lair how do you say lair I think lair is guarida. Yeah, that's the word. Your own secret lair where you can host some of the most notable guests in the world. And it seems like Gustav Eiffel knew what he was doing. But we'll find out in the bonus part of today's show that it wasn't necessarily designed by Gustav Eiffel. Okay, it was designed by his company, but another engineer was the one who did the sketches. Uh, we're going to talk about all that and a lot of other things in the bonus part of today's show. Now, remember, if you want access to the bonus part, all you have to do is go over to patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso and take a look around. We have a curious community of over 110 people, all curious students who want to learn English. And every week they have access to bonus audio. They have access to PDFs with all the vocabulary and even classes with me, weekly review classes and monthly master classes. So if you want to find out more, you can go over to patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. And I'd like to send a shout out to all my patrons, especially my super duper students, Mara, Javier, Roberto, David, Jose Maria, Mila, Alex, Patricio, Edgar, and Loles. And don't forget about my interstellar students, Isabel, Paco, Diego, Carmen, and Diana. You guys rock. Keep up the good work. Remember, guys, if you want more information on how to join our curious community, go over to patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso, or you can reach out to me on social media to reach out as contactar. Reach out to me on social media and I can send you a free sample, una muestra, just to see if it's for you. And now we've got to get back to the Eiffel Tower. Now, here's another trivia question. I, you know, I like to assume that you guys know a lot of this information and we're just reviewing it. But let's see. Let's take an educated guess, as we say in English. How many people 
do you think visit this monument every year? Hmm. Did you say three million? Did you say five million? Did you say six? Seven million people visit the Eiffel Tower every year. It is one of the most popular tourist attractions in the entire world. And when it opened, Parisians were furious. Not all of them, but some part of the artistic community was not having it. And I'll tell you more about that a little bit later on. But let's talk about the history of the Eiffel Tower. Why was the Eiffel Tower built? And I think we should put you and put everybody here in context. France, at this moment in time, was going through a really difficult time. They, their morale was very, very low. They had problems with the war. I mean, on the world stage, el escenario mundial, France really was at an all-time low. Estaba muy, muy bajo. So they needed something to come back, to show the world, we're France, we are a strong country, and, you know, this is just a little bump in the road. So, uh, what better opportunity than the Paris 1889 World's Fair, or as it's called in French, and here, here I go butchering the language, Exposition Universelle. <laughs> So this was the perfect opportunity. They had this coming up. They were going to be the hosts and they had the chance to prove to the world and to themselves that France was relevant as a country. Paris was relevant as a European capital. And it also marked the 100th anniversary of the French Revolution. So, I mean, there were so many reasons for them to do this. It had to happen. And obviously it wasn't that easy, but construction finally started on January 28, 1887. And it was completed on March 15th, 1889. So. It basically took two years, two months, and five days to construct this tower. 300 steel workers working for over two years to put this thing together. But you know what the irony is? It was designed to last for 20 years. Remember, it was made for the World's Fair. The World's Fair is not a permanent exhibition. Usually things are built and torn down. But I'll tell you what saved the Eiffel Tower from being scrapped. To be scrapped is mandado a hacer basura. I'll tell you what saved it a little bit later on in the bonus part. It's simply mind-boggling to think that this thing was supposed to be torn down after 20 years. Well, thank God it wasn't. Uh, now, it opened to the public on March 31st, 1889, so about 15 days after construction was completed. And it was loathed. Now, to loathe is detestar. As I said earlier, there was a community of Parisian artists, about 300, and some of them very, very prominent. They were artists and intellectuals. And they signed this petition, this manifesto, and they even put it in the newspaper. 
And they basically said that this thing was disgusting and it was uh, a scar on Paris and a scar on France, una cicatriz. And this is what they said. Now, obviously, this is translated, but it goes like this. We writers, painters, sculptors, architects, passionate lovers of the beauty, until now, intact of Paris, hereby protest with all our might, toda nuestra fuerza, with all our indignation in the name of French taste gone unrecognized, in the name of French art and history under threat, bajo amenaza, against the construction in the very heart of our capital of the useless and monstrous Eiffel Tower. <laughs> See, guys, cancel culture existed way before this decade. <laughs> People did not want it. They were pissed off, indignadísimos, cabreados, and they wanted that thing taken, they wanted it blown up. If they had their way, si saliesen con la suya, that thing would be blown to smithereens, as we say in English. Now, after the World's Fair, once everybody realized that uh, it was a huge success, and when I say a huge success, I mean not only that there were many p visitors, many people who, who went to see it, but also two million people visited the Eiffel Tower during the fair. And people spent $1.4 million on tickets, and that's in 1889 money. And what does that mean? How do we translate that? Well, I didn't look up the number for inflation, but let's put it this way. It's one of the only, one of the few World's Fairs to turn a profit. And to turn a profit is another way to say to make a profit. So really, I think that silenced the critics. I mean, especially because it seemed like a, a minority, 300. The only thing is they were 300 prominent people. But you know what? Sometimes just being a prominent person doesn't make you right. Only time will tell, as we say. So what was that business about it being torn down and that it was saved? Well, radio saved the tower. What? Radio? Like Vaughn radio? No, no radio. Like radio signals saved the tower. It was supposed to be torn down after 20 years. In fact, Gustav Eiffel footed 80% of the bill. To foot the bill is pagarlo por su cuenta. He footed 80% of the bill of the construction costs. And his only, his only stipulation was that the structure stand for at least 20 years, but it would be under his control for those 20 years. This way he could recoup his investment. And after that, it passed into the hands of the Parisian government. And as I said, they planned to disassemble it. Eso es, quitarlo. To disassemble it for scrap metal, chatarra. But they had an idea. 
Eiffel said, no, I, I love this thing. We can't get rid of it. And I believe other people were starting to fall in love with it or at least get used to seeing it there on the river. So what they did was Eiffel erected an antenna at the top of the tower. And he started, remember before I said he was into science and technology, that Edison had visited him there? Well, he started doing experiments, sending wireless signals. This was around 1898. And what this did is this gave the tower a lot more value than just uh, you know, some tourist trap, some useless structure, because let's be honest, there's no real purpose to it except, you know, to draw tourists, which is fine. Not everything needs to have a purpose. Maybe that's one of the secrets of the Eiffel Tower. Every, you know, the Empire State Building, it's a purpose. There, there are offices there, you know, it's useful, it's functional, but the Eiffel Tower really, it, you know, it takes up a lot of space. The elevators are sideways, como lateral. It's not, uh, it's not, I would say, architecturally speaking, you could go for a lot simpler design. But that wasn't the idea. The idea wasn't function. The idea was form. And a lot of times they talk about that. They talk about form following function or vice versa. Now, I'm no expert, but I've seen a lot of documentaries about architecture, and I think it's simply fascinating. So that radio antenna, obviously, the French military realized, hey, wait, hey, we, can't, we have a radio signal there. Can we intercept signals from the Germans? And yeah, absolutely. And it actually helped them during the war, during the First World War, the French military used the tower's wireless station to intercept enemy messages from Berlin. So all of a sudden, this tower had a very important function and nobody would even dare tear it down. And I think that is a beautiful story. I never knew that story, that it was temporary. It wasn't supposed to be there too long. And Eiffel said, no, nah, I've got a plan. If we make it pertinent, if we make it important, well, then maybe they'll need it there forever. And as we know, it still stands to this day as a symbol, as I said in the intro, not just uh, to the French people. I think everybody uh, feels some kind of a romantic feeling or it brings some kind of nostalgia or feeling to anyone. And that's crazy because really it's just steel and rivets, but it speaks to you. And that's what Gustav Eiffel managed to do. And you want to know something that I thought was crazy? And I fact check here. I, I, I checked this a couple times. Spain turned down the Eiffel Tower. Turned down as bajar volumen, but in this case, to turn down as rechazar. That's right. Gustav Eiffel, he was a salesman. He was an architect, but he was a salesman. Un comercial. And he originally pitched his tower idea to pitch us, venderle la película. He pitched his idea to the city of Barcelona, Spain. And they said, yeah, you know what? Uh, it's an eyesore. Now, an eyesore is something that nobody wants to look at. It's that car that your neighbor has parked in front of his house that's broken down with a flat tire and a broken window. That's called an eyesore. 
Engendro, I think you say in Spanish. So nobody wanted this tower and now people flock there. So I think the lesson here is really clear. If you have conviction about something, if you feel strongly about something, stick with it. And only time will tell if you were right or not. But sometimes you've got to listen to your own inner voice, like Gustav Eiffel did. Folks, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with the bonus part of today's FYI. 